worthy of us hearing, that's for sure. Joshua chapter 22 in your Bible. Joshua chapter 22, I am thrilled that you are here because uh, preaching to myself, oh, I've done it before, but it's really not a whole lot of fun. And uh, it's good, good to have other folks here and uh, praise the Lord for it. <clears throat> Thank you for being faithful on a Sunday morning. And uh, boy, time is going by so quickly. Here it is already the middle of September, September 15th, 2019, before you know it. Uh, in fact, already this past week I was in the store and they were getting out Christmas merchandise. Second week of September. And I thought, I said, uh, I said, uh, what are you doing? She said, we're getting ready for Christmas. I said, what's the hurry? And, uh, but uh, second week of September. And uh, Joshua chapter 22 in your Bible. Joshua chapter 22. And if you'll stand with me, please, for the reading of God's Word. It's great to have our guests with us today. And, uh, and we certainly want to make you feel uh, welcome. And I hope you'll come back real, real soon, like right away soon. And uh, that's wonderful. Joshua chapter 22, and uh, you can follow along with me, beginning in verse number 1. Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren these many days until this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren, as he promised them. Therefore now return ye, or return ye, and get you unto your tents, and unto the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side Jordan. But take diligent heed, notice this, to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, and to cleave to him, and to serve him with all your heart, and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them, and sent them away, and they went unto their tents. I want to talk to you this morning on this very uh, simple subject, really, victory made simple. Victory made simple. And uh, let's pray together. Our Father, I pray that you'd help us in these next few moments. I pray that your spirit would, would help me now. Uh, I, I've got to have the fullness of your spirit and, uh, and you speaking to the hearts of people. Uh, Father, this isn't, uh, it's not a performance. Uh, the preaching of the word of God is a necessity. It's, uh, we've got to have it. And uh, Father, I pray that your word would be communicated to the hearts of men and women and teenagers and boys and girls this morning. And may everything be set aside that would be a distraction uh, to the moving of your spirit. Father, I pray that uh, cell phones would be silenced and that uh, young people would pay attention and that uh, uh, those of us who are adults would not allow our minds to wander away from the truth. Father, it's so important that uh, when your word is preached, we're attentive. And I pray that you'd help us uh, this morning to learn a very simple truth and yet so uh, profound and so needed to be applied in all of our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. There are a lot of complicated things in life. Uh, there are some things that we are guilty of complicating. <laughs> uh, I, uh, years ago, <clears throat> I saw a kid at a junior camp, and he was playing with a Rubik's Cube. How many of you know what a Rubik's Cube is? And uh, it's one of those things where they were really popular many years ago, and then you didn't see them for a long time, and now they've kind of made a comeback. And, 
uh, kids were playing with them again. And uh, I was at uh, a junior camp uh, years ago, and this kid, he was, man, he was flying on that thing. And, and uh, he gave it to me, and he said, mess it up, and I'll fix it. And I'm thinking, I can mess some things up, son. You don't understand. And uh, <clears throat> I wanted to take a sledgehammer to it and say, here, fix this. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, <clears throat> I messed it all up and handed it to him, and he said, now time me. I said, okay. So I looked at my watch. I said, okay, on your mark, get set, go. And he, man, he's doing this, and he's doing this, and he's doing this. And 39 seconds later, he hands it back to me, and it's all, it's all done. I said, Go away, kid. I don't like you. <laughs> and I said, how'd you do that? He said, well, there's these, he starts explaining things. I mean, I'm talking about a junior camper. He was between fourth and sixth grade. He starts explaining to me all these different algorithms and things like this of, of, of how he, think, algorithm, come on, man, you don't even know what the word means. I don't know what it means. How do you know what it means? <laughs> but he took something that looked really complicated and he made it simple. And I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. I saw another kid do it just this past summer at uh, Indian Creek Camp when we went down there for, for, uh, for teen camp. But, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in life that we look at and we say, man, that's complicated. But, you know, the Christian life wasn't meant to be complicated. You know, getting saved is really one of the easiest things you'll ever do. People talk about, people use the term easy believism in a, in a critical tone, but and I think in, in some cases I understand that, uh, you know, w w uh, there's, that there is something that, that, that we have to do to be saved. We have to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and we have to come to him and, and answer the sin question and the son question, and we've got to admit our sinful condition. I understand that, but I promise you this, there'll be far more people who die and go to hell because they made salvation too complicated than who made it too easy. Uh, someone said that salvation is, is uh, or getting saved is as easy as falling off of a log. That's pretty easy. <laughs> That's pretty easy. You know, I'm glad that God did not complicate salvation. I'm glad that Jesus said, uh, he, he, he said, uh, I want you to, unless you get saved like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. God wants children to be saved. God wants, he said, uh, uh, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. God made salvation so simple that a child who's old enough to understand his sinful condition and is willing to put his faith or trust in Jesus Christ, Jesus will save him. And thank God, if we, took a, if we took a poll of how many of you got saved as a child, there'd be many people in here who got saved before their teenage years. And that's a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing. Jesus said, I'm the door. If you want salvation, he said, I'm the door to heaven. You come through me. That's pretty simple. Jesus said, I'm the water of life. He said, if you're thirsty for salvation, he said, you drink of the water that I'll give you. He said, you'll never thirst again, talking about your spiritual condition and salvation. He said, I'm the bread of life. He said, if you're hungry for eternal life, he said, I am the bread of life. And you notice the common denominator in all these things, it's Jesus. Jesus is the door to heaven. Jesus is the water of life. Jesus is the bread of life. It's Jesus, it's not us. He compared getting saved with getting married. He said, uh, uh, he said if you're willing to uh, receive me as your, as your Savior, he said, I'll take you. You have a, 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 a bride and a groom who stand before an audience of people uh, and in the sight of God. And, uh, and I like what one country preacher, how he did weddings. He said, son, want her? Yes, sir. He said, lady, want him? 
said, yes, sir. He said, one of them, one of them got him. And uh, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was his simplified marriage ceremony. But you know what? Salvation is as simple as God's offer to me of salvation, me understanding my sinful condition, I can't save myself, and saying yes to Jesus. That's really what it's all about. Now, don't misunderstand me. It's, uh, oh, yes, it's easy to be saved, but it's not necessarily as easy to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's not quite as simple because the word disciple means a disciplined one. Now, you can be saved without being a disciple of Christ. You can know Christ as your Savior and, and not adhere to everything that he teaches in that book right there. But I'll tell you this, if you want to live the path of victory, if you want to, if you want to be a disciple, then you're going to have to, uh, there, there's a simple path to that. And I don't want to share that with you this morning. It does require a stick-to-it kind of attitude, a bulldog mentality, if you will. Uh, just staying after. The Bible says, A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. If I'm going to be a devout follower of Christ, if I'm going to be a disciple, then I need to get up every now and then. I need to have that mentality of like a bulldog. You've seen a bulldog, man, they'll <clears throat> grab onto something and they won't let go. I'm afraid sometimes in our Christian circles and, and churches, there's a lot of, uh, there's not as much bulldog Christianity, there's a whole lot of poodle Christianity. <laughs> If it's not easy, we're not interested. And, and I thank God. Salvation's easy, but living for God, you're going to have to apply yourself. You, hey, sanctification is that process of a lifetime. Salvation is the miracle of a moment. If I'm going to be sanctified, if I'm going to be all that God wants me to be, I'm going to have to have a stick to about it because my flesh will get me in trouble on occasion. In the text that we read a few moments ago, we find Joshua, now a seasoned veteran who had faithfully done what God had given him to do, and he's challenging the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, half the tribe of Manasseh, and it is his farewell address to these groups of people because they decided that they wanted to settle on the east side of the Jordan River instead of crossing the Jordan uh, with the rest of God's people. He tells them, Joshua does, how to maintain the blessings and the victory that they've experienced. Now, uh, keep in mind, God's people, as they were traveling through the wilderness, they saw God do some amazing things. And we'll not chronicle all of those things, but, uh, but uh, as they journeyed for 40 years in the wilderness, God did some incredible things for his people, how he provided for them, how he did miracles on their behalf, and, and so on. But, uh, and so they experienced some wonderful things, but... Uh, Joshua here is telling them that if they want to continue that, if they want to see even greater things from God, there are some things they need to, to take care of. And that's the premise of the message this morning. Victory is a wonderful thing. I like to win. I like to win. I like to enjoy the blessings of God. But sometimes I find that when the victories come and the blessings come, sometimes my pride rears its ugly head and I'll do something dumb or I'll neglect to give God the glory for the blessings and before I know it, I have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. God wants you to live the victorious Christian life. He wants you to have victory over besetting sins in your life. He wants you to have victory over, uh, over discouragement, victory over a lot of things. And Joshua here is giving these people a formula for maintaining the victory that God has given them. And so first of all, I want you to notice in our text, in Joshua uh, chapter uh, 22 and verse uh, number 5, he said, but take diligent heed, and notice what he says, to do the commandment and the law. 
Do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you. Hey, he said, nothing complicated here. He said, do what you know is right to do. Do the commandment and the law. So much of our defeats are self-inflicted because we simply do not obey the word of God. Obedience, there is no substitute for it in the Christian life. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not about you doing your thing, it's about you doing God's thing. It's not about me uh, seeking my own will. It's about me forsaking my will to do the will of the Father. And he said here, if you want to continue that path of victory, if you want to have God's presence with you as we cross over into the, the, the uh, promised land, he said, I want you to keep on doing what you know is right to do. God was very gracious to give his people the commandments and the law by which their lives were to be governed. And understand something, uh, rules are not there to harm you, rules are there to help you. God gave his people in Exodus chapter 20 what we call the Ten Commandments. Not ten suggestions, not ten recommendations, the Ten Commandments. God did not give his people those commandments to give them a hard time. He didn't give them those commandments because he was trying to see how miserable he could make them. You know, sometimes our kids, they think that, well, you know, somebody gets together in this dark room. All the adults get together in this dark room, and they come up with everything that's fun, and they make a rule against it because, after all, adults want kids to be miserable. I think that's what some of them think. But you know what? That's not, now, as adults, we know that's not true. We understand we're trying to shelter them. We're trying to help them. We're trying to keep them safe. We're trying to keep them from doing something that would wreck and ruin their life one day. But you know, if it's true in our rules for kids, it's true as far as God's rules for his children. God gave us a set of rules. God gave us commandments and statutes and principles in his word. And he said, if you'll obey this, if you'll, if you'll do what I've asked you to do, if you'll keep my commandments, he said, that, my friend, is the path to victorious Christian living. Not problem-free living, not, uh, uh, not, not necessarily you having everything you want when you want it, but the path of victory runs right through the town of obedience. He said, do the commandments. And then I want you to see again in verse number 5. Look at it with me, if you will. Joshua 22, verse 5, he said, But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, uh, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him. Notice the next thing. He said, Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. You know, one of the reasons why we don't keep the commandments as we ought to, one of the reasons why we have a hard time with God's word, it may stem from our lack of love for the Lord. He said, love the Lord your God. Over in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6 and verse number 4, he said that uh, he, uh, he said that the very first commandment, the very first of those ten commandments was simply this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Love the Lord thy God. Uh, Jesus answered the question of, a, of someone in the New Testament, and he came to Christ and he said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, oh, that's easy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. He said, that's the first one. He said, the second is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He said, if you do those two things, you'll not have a problem with thou shalt have no other gods before me. You'll not have a problem with thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. You'll not have a problem with thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. You'll not have a problem with any of those commandments if you'll simply love God with all of your heart. You know, I think that's a simple thing, but it's what we trip over. Do we, do we love God this morning? I think you could 
summarize the entire message by simply saying, God wants your heart. God wants your heart. Our problem is, so many other pursuits in our life has our heart, except for the one who ought to have our heart. That's why we have a problem with when God tells us what to do. And, we, and our will gets in the way and says, well, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. No, if we love the Lord like we ought to, his commandments wouldn't be grievous to us. He said all the other commandments hang on the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. What do you mean by that? All those other commandments really seem to fall in place when you love God, when I love God supremely, supremely. You know, when you love someone, you do whatever it takes within your abilities to please them. You do. Uh, you know, when you love someone, if you think back to when you and your spouse, when you were dating and, and in those courting years and dating years and so forth and the engagement and the early years of your marriage where man you were just so madly in love not that you're not in love now but you remember how fresh it was sometimes I think we as God's people need to freshen up on our love for the Lord a little bit remember what it was like when you were trying to impress guys your girlfriend you were trying to woo her you don't remember do you Looked at a couple of guys, they say, man, that's been a long time ago, preacher. I don't know. Remember you found out what her likes and her dislikes were? Remember you, uh, you may have even asked the question to her after you guys have been dating for a while. Hey, is there anything about me that drives you nuts? Any little idiosyncrasies? Any little habits that I have that just drive you up a wall? Some of you guys, you're shaking your head. No, you're a liar. You're a liar. And uh, I have little habits that, that I know <coughs> drive my wife crazy. Now, she has no habits that drive me crazy. For the sake of the message this morning, amen? Uh, <coughs> but anyway. Where did I get off on this? <laughs> yeah. I may need to be pulled out of here after a while, but anyway. You, you would find out that which discouraged your, 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 uh, your girlfriend or ladies, your boyfriend. By the way, that's the way it's supposed to work. Uh, and, uh, and, and you would try to hold back from doing things that you knew irritated them. Now, some of you have been married a while, and you're looking for ways to irritate her, amen? <laughs> Don't suggest that. Well, no, you would, you would find things that, that she liked. You'd find out what's her favorite kind of ice cream or what's her favorite candy. And what, My wife loves Carmelo candy bar. She loves anything with caramel in it and uh, caramel, depending on your pronunciation of it. And, uh, and so when we were dating, I just, anything I get my hands on that had caramel in it, I bought it, whether it's Twix bars or Carmelo's or, or uh, caramel sundaes with nuts. And, and you name it, if it had caramel, it was all the time. You know what? We need to figure out in that book what pleases the Lord and do that. Instead of having the attitude of, well, what's wrong with this and what's wrong with that? And why don't we look in that book and find out what pleases the Lord and let our motivation be, hey, I love God and I want to please him, so I want to find out everything that he likes and I want to do that. That's the way it ought to be. That's the way it ought to be. He said, 
Love the Lord your God. He said, do the commandments and the law. And then I want you to notice this. He said, walk in all his ways. Walk in all his ways. Joshua chapter 22, verse 5. But take, uh, take uh, diligent heed to do the commandments and the law, which the Lord, the, uh, which the servant, uh, Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways. You know, the word walk is very simple. It's continual movement. Continual movement going forward. He said ways. It literally means a road. That's what it means. He said, I want you to, if you're going to be on this path of victory, he says, you're going to do the, do the commandments. He said, let those commandments be rooted in love. Let that be your motivation for obeying the commandments. And then he said, walk in all his ways. In other words, continual movement or forward progress on the road that God has for you. Everybody here has a path that you're on in life. It's called the will of God for you. Now, God's will for you may be a little bit different than God's will for me. Now, there are some things that are common denominators for all of us as far as God's will is concerned. God wants everybody to be saved. God wants those of us who are saved to take that first step of obedience after salvation and be baptized in deep water. That's that first step of, 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 uh, on the path, if you will, that first step of his will after salvation. God wants all of us to be faithful to the New Testament local church. God wants all of us to be faithful in the giving of tithes and offerings. God wants all of us to be faithful to our spouse. God wants all of us to, be, uh, uh, to, to rear godly children and so forth. There are some things that are common for all of us as far as this path of the will of God is concerned. And then there are other things that are unique to your situation and unique to my life as far as God's will for us as individuals. But whatever that may be, God said, I want you to walk in all my ways. Walk in all of my ways. Earlier in chapter 22, Joshua commends these people for doing what they were supposed to do. He said in verse 3, Ye have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God, and that obedience has brought you the victory. God said if you want sustained victory in your life, uh, he said uh, uh, I want you to be moving forward on some well-traveled roads. Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 12, the Bible says this, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, uh, all of us have, uh, have been lost before. I've jokingly said that I've never been lost, but that would not be accurate. I have been lost before, and so have you. Uh, but uh, many times, the answer is to just go back to where we took that wrong turn. Some of you, you've gotten off the path that God has for you in your life. You've taken a, a detour, if you will. You've, maybe you're not as faithful as what you used to be. And I thank you for being here this morning. That's a wonderful thing. But let me ask you. Are you on the road that God has for you? Are you on that well-traveled road, that, that path that is the will of God uh, and not your own uh, understanding, not your own uh, thinking? Look, those who've gone before me have given me some well-traveled roads and I need to take heed to them. Uh, I'm talking about the road of standards and separation from the world, the road of sound doctrine, the road of the authority of the King James Bible, the road of, of, uh, of our Baptist heritage, the road of the gospel message, salvation by grace through faith, the road of soul winning in the local church, and the road of Christ-honoring music, and, and uh, the road of, of convictions that are based upon the Bible. Hey, those ways, people who came before us traveled and proved that they proved to be really good paths. You know what? Maybe we should stick to those roads. Maybe we should stay with those. I think I'll keep moving forward in those paths. And I hasten this morning uh, to, the, uh, to uh, another thought here. Look at verse number 5, the end of verse 5. He said, 
to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave to him and to serve him with your heart, with all your heart and with all your soul. Listen to me very carefully. He said cleave to him. You want to sustain victory in your life? You want to, look, look, let's not complicate the path to victory. It's really quite simple. It's quite simple. Do the commandments, love the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, and then he said cleave, <coughs> cleave to him. That word cleave is a very interesting word. It means to join or to stick to or to catch by intense pursuit. And uh, understand, while I'm on this right road, I want to make sure I have the right pursuit. The right pursuit. My pursuit is not all the things that we just talked about. Uh, is, 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 uh, is not only all those things that we talked about. Standard, doctrine, by, uh, Baptist heritage, good music. Thank God for them. But they're all a byproduct of my pursuit. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? You just said you're on the, you want to stay on the right roads of all these different things that you mentioned. Listen to me. My pursuit is God himself. He's my pursuit. We get so messed up when we start pursuing, in some cases, even good things rather than God himself. You see, if God will be our pursuit, let me, let, let me help you with something. David said in Psalm 63, verse 8, My soul followeth hard after thee. After thee, talking about God. He said in Psalm 42, 1, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Look, our pursuit is Jesus Christ. Our pursuit is God himself. Our pursuit is a closer walk with God every day of the week. Hey, listen to me. If your pursuit is anything but God himself, your religion, your activities, what you do for the Lord, it's going to get old after a while because we're not pursuing things. We're pursuing a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Paul said that I may know him, that I may know him. Who are you, Paul? <clears throat> What's your big pursuit in life? Is it building churches? No. Is it soul winning? No. Is it standards? No. He said those things are great, and it's, those things are a byproduct of my pursuit, but my pursuit is to know Jesus Christ on an intimate level. He said, that's my pursuit. That ought to be my pursuit today. That ought to be your pursuit today. Instead of pursuing all of your dreams and your aspirations, hey, uh, and again, I, I'm, not, I'm not condemning uh, career paths and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm saying in a spiritual sense, our pursuit ought to be Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us if we'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added to us. That's what he tells us. We're not careful. We get so wrapped up in the trappings of church and looking the part of a good Christian that we forget that a Christian's number one priority is to spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. One of my favorite stories in the book of Acts is when Peter and John, I believe it's in chapter 3, they, uh, the Bible says that the people took knowledge of them. It says that they noticed they were unlearned and they were ignorant men complimented those guys right there they were uh, they were just common folks unlearned and ignorant men but it says they took knowledge of them that they had been with jesus being with jesus makes all the difference walking with him makes all the difference hey you may not dot every i and cross every t just right you you, you look you, uh, uh, you we all pull some dumb stunts every every now and then but hey if i'm going to be on this path of victory for the long haul you know what, I think I'm just going to walk with Christ. Walk with Christ. Uh, the last thing, we're done. 
serve him with all your heart. Look back at our text. Last thing, Joshua chapter 22, verse number 5. He said to keep all his commandments, to cleave to him, notice the last part of the verse, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you walk with God, it just makes you want to serve him. It makes you want to serve him. You know, can I challenge you this morning to change your pursuits? If you want a sustained path of victory in your life, it isn't complicated. Just do what's right to do. Walk in the proven ways of those who've come before you. The same things that brought victory to you in the first place will keep you living victoriously, he said. Daily pursue after God. And I believe that's what Paul meant in Philippians chapter 3. He said that I may know him. I may know him. Look, let me sum it all up for you. Give God your heart. That's what he said right there. Serve him. How do we do it? With all of our heart. You know, if I'll serve God with all of my heart, I'll serve God for the long haul. There's a term that's become popular and has been for many years now. The term is called burnout. Preacher, I'm just burned out on serving God. Hmm. Burn, you know, something about that just doesn't sound right, does it? It's kind of burned out on serving God. Wait a minute. We're talking about the God of creation, the God of the universe. We're talking about the God who not only created me, but who redeemed me by his grace. How in the world should we ever be burned out by serving one who loves us more than we could even imagine? How can we get burned out by serving God? Maybe, you know what? Maybe it's because we don't serve him with our heart. If I just serve him with all the outside stuff, I may get burned out. If I serve God only because I feel like I'm obligated to. Now, now, let me stop and say this. Whatever your motivation is for doing right, you keep doing right. But if I could help everybody in this room to maybe take the next step of Christian growth, as is mentioned right here in Joshua 22, 5, if we could serve him not just with our hands, our feet, our eyes, our ears, if we could just not only serve him with not just our schedule, but if we could serve him with our heart, if we became passionate about who he is if we became lovers of God and passionate for serving him look burnout is not a necessary thing it's not something that we're just destined to endure because after all you know you can only do it for so long look when when you serve God with your heart when God has your heart there's a difference there brother Lapina was talking to our teenagers yesterday and he mentioned this a little bit, and I got to thinking about it. Brother Lapina is 60 years old. He's been serving God full-time since he was 19, 19 years old, for the better part of 41 years. And you know what? He's as enthusiastic about it today as he was when he started, maybe a little more so. You know, that's what I want him to be. I want to be as enthusiastic about the path as long as God lets me live on this earth. I have no idea how much time God will give me, but I want to be as enthusiastic at the end of the path as I was when I started. Because it's not about what I'm doing, it's about who I'm doing it for. Serving God with all of my heart. Why don't you take that next step? Oh, many of you are involved in many wonderful things. You're involved in ministry. I'm talking to Sunday school teachers. I'm talking to bus captains. I'm talking to people. You're, you're busy for the Lord, and that's wonderful. And if you're not doing anything for the Lord, I challenge you. Hey, get, on, get in on this, man. Get involved in something. But understand who we're serving. You're not serving me. You're not serving this church as much as you're serving 
the one who owns the church, and that's Jesus. And you know what? When you serve Jesus and you're in love with Jesus, it's like those days early in your relationship with your spouse. And hopefully, we need to, by the way, we need to refuel that on a regular basis as well and make it sweet. And it's sweet when you don't do it out of duty. It's sweet when you do it because you love somebody. God said, hey, you want to stay on the path of victory? Keep the commandments. You want to stay on the path of victory? Cleave to him. If you want to stay on the path of victory, he said, I want you just to, 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 to stay after it. He said, but serve me with your heart. With your heart. Does God have your heart this morning? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. When I ask you, does God have your heart?